0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, the world's top fitness, health, and entertainment podcast, we answer fitness and health questions asked by viewers and listeners. Just like you. That's right, Bob. Now, the way we opened this episode today was with a 30-minute introductory portion. So we didn't answer fitness questions in the first 38 minutes, but we did talk about current events. We talked about scientific studies, some cool stuff uh, in that first 38 minutes. But if you want to just skip to the fitness questions, that's 38 minutes later. You're a skipper. So I'm going to give you the whole breakdown of today's episode. We open up by talking about The Rock. He bought the XFL for $15 million. Sounds like a steal. Yeah. If you ask me, people's eyebrow. Then we talked about the real estate market right now, like the stock market. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know what that means, but we'll see. Hmm. (laughs) Then I talked about a study uh, showing, a very small study, showing that red light therapy can improve eyesight. Now, it's a small study, so take it with a grain of salt, but it's just another study that shows the potential benefits of red light therapy. Now, the established benefits are. Uh, It helps with wrinkles, stretch marks. It helps with uh, recovery of injuries. May have some effects on the metabolism through boosting the mitochondrial production of ATP.
2: Might help
1: regrow hair. Actually, that's established. It does help regrow hair. That's not a joke. Um, Now, the company that we work with, Juve, in our opinion, makes the best red light devices you can find anywhere. They have the devices that are like the ones used in these studies. There are a lot of knockoffs. There are a lot of crappy products out there. Don't just get red light. Get the ones that actually work. So go to juve.com. That's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash Mind Pump and get the Mind Pump hookup. That means you'll get a free Maps Prime program with the purchase of $500 or more free shipping and 0% APR financing for some of their products for 12 months or for 18 months. There you go. You're welcome. Then we talked about the Artifact Company. This is a really interesting. You won't want to miss that one. Then we talked about conspiracy theories. I came up with a new one. Actually, I didn't. I got a meme that pointed me in that direction, so hold on to your hats.
2: That one hurt my head.
1: Then we talked about a new motor electric company called Lordstown. Um, and then I talked about fasting and the ketogenic diet. I'm trying to maximize my brain's performance right now, so not so much focused on strength. I'm more focused on cognitive Performance. This means I'm not eating any carbohydrates. I'm on a a higher fat, ketogenic diet. This is what works well for me. And I'm eating a lot of grass fed meat. It has a better fatty acid profile, easier to digest. And my favorite company that delivers grass fed meat to my door is ButcherBox. Now, we have a massive hookup with ButcherBox right now. If you go to butcherbox.com and use the code Mind Pump, you'll get some exclusive offers that are saved only for Mind Pump listeners. Then we got into answering the questions. Here's the first one. This person wants to know, if you can't get a full eight hours of sleep, should you take a nap during the day? Does that fix the problem? Does it help? What's the deal with that? Now, during that conversation, I talked about one of my hacks. I like to take a 20 or 30 minute nap during the day, but I use Brain.FM. FM FM plays uh, certain sounds and music that gets your brain into the sleeping wavelength. that actually gets me to sleep faster mm. and deeper, and then I wake up more refreshed. If you go to brain.fm forward slash mindpump, uh, we hooked you up with a discount and a free session, a free, excuse me, five-session trial. Here's the next question. This person wants to know, if, if it's hard for you to get enough food throughout the day, uh, what are some good ways to implement more food, like larger meals, snacks, shakes, Uh, what are your strategies? Just add cheese. The third question, what is your advice for someone who used to be chubby and now is scared to put on weight due to body dysmorphia? So we talk a little bit about body dysmorphia in that part of the episode. And the final question, this person wants to get into the fitness field as a career, but is uh, having cold feet, not sure if they should jump all the way in or start out as a side hustle. So we give our opinions on the current state of the fitness industry and if we think it's a good idea to jump all the way in or just test the waters with your big toe. Also, this month, all month long, MAPS Performance is 50% off. This is a great workout program for those of you that want to build muscle, speed up your metabolism, burn fat, but you like to do it with fun workouts. Mm. You like to do it with functional exercises. You don't just like to look good. You want to be able to move good. That's what MAPS Performance is all about. So it's got traditional and non-traditional exercises in it. It has a special emphasis on mobility. In fact, this is the only MAPS program with uh, mobility sessions specifically designed to improve the way that you move. This program is one of our most highly rated programs. We don't often put it on 50% off sale, but we are this month. Here's how you get that discount. Just go to mapsgreen.com. That's M-A-P-S-G-R-E-E-N Dot .com and use the code GREEN50 that's G R E E N E N five zero 0 no space for the discount. Hey, I got a question for you uh sports experts. No, Who sports
2: ball better? trivia?
3: <laughs> Big news in sports these days. Well,
1: you know how we were talking last time about how the ratings that they were anticipated crazy ratings yeah. for oh, NBA, yeah. MLB.
3: Wah, wah, wah.
1: They got not what Boo. they anticipated and then it dropped considerably and we were speculating about well, you know, what could have caused too that, whatever. Two political. politicals, what a lot of people are saying. It's too much, whatever. I know Brendan yeah. Chobb said the same thing uh, on his podcast. He thinks the same thing. That's why he, he thinks their their ratings went down. But anyway, so for a while now, there's been, there have been, and I, I say a while, over the last, I don't know, 20 years, there have been these competing leagues that have tried to compete with, you know these 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 big league uh, yeah, the like, monsters yeah like the nba mlb the nfl right like xfl remember the xfl has been tried a couple times oh yeah could not compete because nobody wants to leave the nfl do you think it's prime now do you think it's prime now to compete with these leagues no you still mm. don't think so? No, I don't. I heard, I, the it,
3: Rock the Rock bought XFL for $15 million, I believe. Maybe Doug could double-check my numbers. Which It is cheap to me.
1: It seems like it's inexpensive. Yeah, million? Especially, for the,
3: especially for The Rock. That's like a month's, you know, month's pay yeah, he or something. Uh,
1: he went through the couch cushions? Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll just buy this thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I got $15 million now. Right.
3: He might have just bought it for the URL. So you
1: so you still don't think it's, like, let, like, let's no. say- No, really? I don't. No, it's How come? I
3: just because those brands have, have established themselves so well. I mean, there's people all over the world that migrate to the United States to play in those leagues, bro. Mm-hmm. It's not just here in the United States that those brands are big. They are they are continuing they're to international grow. International brands.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if they keep losing, of course, they could always It doesn't matter. Engine. You know, you
3: know why? Because even if it, it even if it's awesome, right? It'll always play second fiddle to those brands and it'll be scoffed at. It'll be Man. like, Oh, it's the XFL. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, you're good in the XFL. That's cool. It's it's uh, So it won't It's kind of similar it's kind of similar to how how Division 1 athletes look at Division 2 athletes. Mm. Like my good buddy could have went to a Division 1 school, but he he would have had to redshirt and even then he would have fought for a starting position or he could have went to D2 and been a fucking stud. Yeah. And none of you know who he he was. He was one of the, he was leader in sacks and interceptions. He was a badass in D2 didn't go to the
2: NFL afterwards mm-hmm. nobody nobody's happened but yeah it's it's, it's rare. Right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I could see that, too. And also with, like, the UFC versus something like a strike force uh, back in the day, you know, that's kind of like, a, 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 in terms of, like, them being able to get the the top talent, they're always going to go to the UFC. Okay, well, that's, so
1: here's my question then. Okay. So, it'll be a
2: feeder league at best. Well, yeah, I was just going to
1: say, fine, they can't, they're not going to surpass. Even if the NFL, let's say all these big leagues uh, just continue to tank, I think they could always pivot out of it. But let's just say they keep continuing to tank. You still think XFL wouldn't beat them, but what would be their role? What place? How would you make it successful? You know well, what I'm saying?
3: So okay, is there money to potentially be made there? Okay, maybe. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to run a business like that where it's like they where the the NFL is going to poach all your best players. Just like I think Justin just said it right with the like with uh, UFC you they're going to you're going to all these other leagues that could potentially compete with these they'll never compete they'll just end up being feeder leagues mm-hmm. because they have so much money they they can't they can't hang, they can't give contracts like what was just given to, hmm. uh, to Malone. I mean you, you you can't give a contract like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes just got like a what was that what was the number that Mahomes five hundred and four million. Yeah. Had? Like was, so, I had yeah. like a half a billion dollar contract. Wow. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah the dude. whole exit the whole XFL <laughs> <insane>. league won't <laughs> yeah. even be worth that yeah, exactly. It's worth fifteen it, million. It's you, a know what sneeze. Yeah. you can't you can't have a fifteen million dollar league and pay an athlete a half a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not even on the same planet. It's right. It's comical. Cool, right, and and what will happen is you know even let's say they then there's a lot of guys coming in a D two or even D one that didn't make it to the pros that would love an opportunity to go play it's just like arena football. Arena, arena football, football is a thing. yeah,
2: the Canadian league. Yeah, you know, there's there's actually leagues over in Europe too that that do uh you know some bit of football, but yeah, yeah, at best it's going to be kind of like an arena football kind of entertainment thing. And I heard, like, actually that when they relaunched the XFL, it was picking up a bit more steam than it did the first time around. So maybe that's where the Rock had interest, was like, well, oh, well, it had so, a little bit of traction. Okay, this so time. what I think they
3: did smart the second time around was they didn't try and compete with the NFL season. So there's some people in which – that then it has a place to have like a little market there. Like, you know, there's people that are such diehard NFL fans. Or just football in general. Yeah, football in general that when the NFL season is over, they still want their football. And if they can watch
1: another league, then okay. Well, the timing may be good for them to get uh, more eyes though, right? Because if you're watching one of these big leagues and you're one of the people that got turned off for whatever reason, we were speculating it was too political – it could be whatever whatever reason.
2: It's turning people off. If they're agnostic or whatever politically, I feel like that would be the best thing he could
1: do. Yeah, and maybe it'll, I mean, uh, not beat the NFL, but maybe bring uh, enough eyes to it to where it brings the value up and get some interest. I, I don't mean, that think could, that, that uh, might be a good opportunity.
3: I, the NFL didn't go as hard. The NBA, in my opinion, is the only one that went hard. Mm. The rest of them I the rest of them I, I appreciate how they did it. It's a uh, you know there was there's was a there was a Yeah, it was a lot more subtle. In the MLB there was a mix of guys that kneeled, there was a mix of guys that stood. Right. You know, there was they they did the the BLM on the mound, so there was a couple things in there, but it wasn't like as it wasn't as heavy as the NBA. The NBA was like in your face about it the entire mm. viewing. Everything from what you were viewing, what you were listening to, uh, you know, and then on top of that, the commercials that were being promoted during that time. So they, out of all the leagues, they went the hardest on that. I, the NFL, no, I don't, I don't see. I don't. I don't know what Rock's angle is on this. Well, fifteen
1: million sounds so cheap. Of course, it is. Something like that. Probably swooping in. Well, think about it. He might be able to just double his money real quick and then just sell
2: merch and then dump it. Don't don't even do it.
3: Well, yeah. yeah, At fifteen million, the idea of it being this kind of small feeder league could be worth it in itself. You know, building a a decent league that is an opportunity. There's so many people that are coming out of college that probably get overlooked. You know, because a scout didn't see them, and this could be an opportunity. They pay the players so a lot of guys that would love to go play football for a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know what I'm saying? Doing what you love with the opportunity of maybe making but yeah. it'll always be that. I do this XFL in hopes the NFL yeah. Pays finds attention me. to me. Yeah.
1: Do you guys yeah. ever do you guys remember that women's football league where the lingerie football league? Was that what it was called? Yeah. So condescending. Uh, you know what was condescending about but it? But that's how they, they knew they had to get views by doing something like that. Well, here's the part that was funny to me. I've seen a couple of the games and the girls are Badasses. Oh yeah, yeah. Like There's they legit are legit tackles. They're they're oh, they're violent. They're built like I mean monsters, and they're crushing each other. And they're yeah. <laughs> they're, but they're playing football in like little <laughs> yeah, bikinis. Like, what are you yeah. doing? It's silly. You know. Yeah. It is crazy to me that everything is so politicized. Sports, medicine is politicized. I'm watching this whole debate. I'm not going to get into you know what I think is right over, over hydrochloroquine. Since when has medicine been politicized?
2: Isn't that strange? It's a new one. Yeah,
1: that's the weirdest thing. I feel like medicine is just uh, here's the studies it works and it doesn't and you're the doctor you decide that's what i yeah, feel like it should there's be there's a lot of
2: sciences that are under attack these days uh, it's really interesting to see how like politics have, have bled through just like you know all these different like studies of, of science i've
1: seen it happen with nutrition you know i've been in fitness for for decades and i've never seen nutrition be politicized but all of a sudden if you eat meat you hate the environment And if you and so so you're either one way or the other, and it's like, oh my gosh! And they 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 politicize everything. It's poisoning. Everything.
3: Biology.
2: We, I mean, everything's up for, for grabs. Yeah, pretty
1: soon sure we can't talk about anything at all.
3: Yeah. You know, it's I like, think everyone's just going to look at 2020 as like a mulligan. It's just, it just doesn't count. You know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> like fucking, that's just like the 13th every, floor. We swung yeah. hard and missed. Yeah, bro. Yeah. It just doesn't even, the whole thing doesn't make sense. The stock market doesn't make sense. Real estate doesn't make sense right now. I can't wrap my brain around what we're seeing in real estate right now. I mean, I shared this. You no,
1: know, st- prices generally went up a little bit. They're expecting. They are. <laughs>
3: that's there's that's bidding wars sense. dude I, I went that's I told crazy. you guys the other day that I've been looking at properties and stuff and you know Katrina and I oh we find this place oh we like this if we got it if we get it for that number then this makes sense right it's a smart halfway investment property stay mm-hmm. live there for a little bit type of deal and a bidding war. I mean, and this house has shit that needs to be worked on still. And so, I would normally look at a property like this and go like, "Okay, this is what they're asking. Drop it by twenty, thirty thousand uh-huh. dollars. Contingent on all these things being, or contingent on all these things being fixed." And what's happening? Somebody else is coming over the top by fifty to a hundred thousand dollars for it. It just blows my mind when it, when we know that there is twenty eight million potential foreclosures right down the road for us. Like. Yeah. Well, that is so crazy. Now, I understand that cash is cheap. Like, I was just talking to somebody in DMs that in, in Canada, they're doing like 1.3 or 1.5 I, interest I, rates. I know. Dude. What? Yeah, I thought our 2.5, 2.6 was insane. That's so, unheard of. Right. So, cash is cheap. And so, what we're seeing is opportunists and investors that are coming in all over the from everywhere that mm-hmm. are buying up these places. Yeah. But, I mean, sooner or later, they even run out of money, and they've bought all their investment properties. So when is this thing going to really reveal itself? On what like the new reality is going to be in real estate? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. To uh, me.
1: Buckle your seatbelts. I know, I know. B- Bitcoin is up finally. Oh, remember? Oh! Hey, remember? Oh! remember Told him? you, motherfuckers. It's the long play. Yeah. It's the long play. Finally wow. made a dollar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We all got Bitcoin, and then like went down. Yeah, but you forgot that's... all your login. Right? Oh, dude, so, I don't I mean... even know my login for it. No, oh, you it's a, I, bro. I did
3: Well, I have. Katrina's got a safe. We got it somewhere. Because you know
1: what happens. If That's you can't, a common thing I've heard Yeah, people. if you can't get in, you're done. Yeah. There's yeah. no way to yeah. get. There was one guy. I think get I, it. I think yeah. I said this on the podcast. This one dude had like. Millions of dollars of Bitcoin because he bought it back when it was like dirt cheap. Yeah, yeah. and he wrote the the codes down a piece of paper and, the, and lost the Forever paper. Never gone. Yeah, never, could never re- yeah. get, get his, uh, his. I mean, money. I looked at
3: it as gambling money, Amazing. anyways. I told you guys that back then, you know. So it's I'm not, you know, millions mm. or ten, even tens of thousands invested. I mean, you have thousands of bucks in there, mm. and you know, if it turns into something, it turns into something.
1: Dude, hey, I got to bring yeah. up a cool study that just came out. It's mm. a small study, very very small study. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little disclaimer. Take it with a grain of salt. Okay. But this study used uh, red light therapy. And by the way, if you're listening and you have a Juve red light, before you proceed with what I'm about to say, do your own research. See if you if this is okay. This is just the study that I read. Right. So people using red light on their eyes, okay, looking into the red light for short periods of time, had improved eyesight. From doing this, wow! So they theorize. So the way red light therapy works is the the red light. There's particular wavelengths that you'll find in, in in the right devices, right? So Juve does this. The this particular wavelength hits the cells, and it causes the mitochondria to produce more ATP. Uh, remember, the mitochondria of cells are like the like the engines uh, of the cell. They're the energy producers, and the more efficient they are, the you know better your muscles work, the faster your skin. Regenerates the, you know, your hair grows better. You recover faster. If your mitochondria works better, you're going to think more clearly. And so that's essentially what the light was doing, or what it does. And so they put it on their eyes in this particular
2: study, and people got better eyesight. Dude, that's interesting because I remember posting something when I wasn't wearing like eye protection, and that was like in the comments. Like I was getting hammered for that fact. Is like, oh, it's going to damage your eyes. No, but it, yeah, it it, it honestly. Uh, I mean, this really points to the fact that you need a, a real high quality uh, out, out, out emitting type of light, and mm-hmm. so that's you know in, in terms of like shining it on your eyes. Because it, imagine if you had any kind of like UV or something damaging that, and then you're trying to get the that uh you know benefit that the study's highlighting, and you 're not using something with high
3: quality. I'm so glad that my my uh pediatrician was savvy to all the red light therapy like he encouraged me to use it uh on max so i mean and the way I use it is this I use it him in the room i yeah I use it the very s- same way that I use like our we talk about green juice on here we talk- all these the things that we i look at it like a supplement right if i am if i know that it was a day where i didn't get much good natural sunlight where i didn't spend at least 20 minutes to an hour outside absorbing the sun that's when i'm like in front of that light well, and if i have a consistent week where i'm spending you know, I, we're going to the beach in two days. We'll be there for four days. On, I'll be out in the sun. I won't. I'm not worried about getting mm-hmm. my my red light therapy.
1: Right, right. So Jessica's using it on her belly because obviously she's now in the third trimester to prevent or help uh, with stretch marks, which it has mm. clinical applications. But you know, here's the thing: like we talked about creatine many, many times on the podcast. Creatine is by far one of the best supplements you can take across the board. Now lots of studies are showing its health benefits and people are actually starting to get it to use it for wellness purposes. People who don't even care about building muscle and strength are taking creatine because it helps with cognition, it helps with heart health. And the way creatine works is it helps your body produce more ATP, exactly what red light therapy does. Yeah. So shining this on the biggest organ on your in your body, get your mind out of the gutter, Justin, is your skin, hey. right? So you stand in front of us with your Thanks skin. Thanks for acknowledging it. You're going to produce... <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. You're going to produce a lot more uh, ATP in your body, so those, that's going to give you some health... Benefits as a result of it.
2: Wow, that is cool. You know, I was just reading something. Obviously, we're in the podcasting space and uh, there's like all these different types of markets kind of popping up now that I'm paying uh, attention to. And there was this company that uh, I just read about that was trying to approach the really small, like niche type uh, content that people are putting out. But specifically, they're kind of providing a service to basically capture like stories and things. Things from family members and, um, you, you know, be able to, to, you know, produce something that's high production and, and to have that uh, available. So, so they're like pitching it. Like your uncle has this crazy story from, uh, you know, back in the day or like Vietnam or, or whatever. And like, you're, you're getting this really like, like. Crazy detailed uh, story, like captured, and they they provide the service to address that. So uh, they charge, you know, a couple hundred bucks to kind of do this whole thing for people. But it's like almost like uh, this this audio catalog that like uh, they're going to try and pitch to people to start uh, a business with. Wait
1: uh, a minute. So so you you would record a story, and this service would put it together
2: and save and it for start you, creating like little micro like podcasts uh, with it. Oh, out of your yeah, out of Artifact is what the the company's called.
1: Oh, that's kind of interesting. It's interesting.
2: It reminds me too of like when you talked about like how cool it is now that we have kind of like a timeline. Yeah, uh, you know with social medias and whatnot. Like this is just another way, another service to kind of capture, uh, these stories and, uh, history with, with that's with why people. I, you know, okay. You watched, you
3: left the room, right? You watched archive with me, didn't you? Who, who watched it all the way with me? Archive. That, that sci-fi movie that we watched up in Tahoe. Yes, I did. Yes. So like, I really think that we are going to see this in our, and for sure in our lifetime, mm-hmm. especially, and I think that uh, we especially are going to be examples of somebody they can use. Right. So, Somebody who has got you know what do we got thirteen hundred Doug or fourteen hundred episodes of one hour to two hour I mean I've said every every word in my lexicon that you could think of that I would ever use in my in my daily speech right Mm -hmm. I've used everything in in this podcast alone you have YouTube. Where we've got recorded, we've got articles that we've written yeah. up. Everything it
2: would be create an avatar of
3: us. Yeah, maybe. you could build an algorithm around you know if you ask this question, what would be an answer that Sal would give with your voice because it's recorded. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be hard to build a virtual version of you that you can converse with. Why would this not be a business that when you go and you die, creepy? That I have an opportunity as your you know someone who's related to you. To say, hey, I want to spend that you know, $10,000 to create a virtual Sal that I can then communicate with. Uh, do, don't think that's not coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's for sure coming.
2: That's really weird. Yeah, this is another step in that direction for sure. That's
1: some really creepy stuff. So yeah. basically, you know, someone dies and you're like, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I want to hang I, out with- I want
2: you. to talk with Nana. You know, yeah. <laughs> you just like have a conversation like uh, she's right there. I, you know, and so, see, for somebody who who lost
3: his father when he was so young, who has very little of that, I would eat that up, dude. Mm. To be able to potentially communicate, even though it's a virtual version and people think that's weird or I wouldn't want like someone like me would 100%. I would rather have that than what I have right now. Mm. Right now, I have very little information that's related to him that i can't i would love to know if, does he think like me if i asked him a question i know how i would respond would he respond similar to me like mm. are we alike would we have things that we get i mean all that stuff for someone like us like your son's son will we will have that i think for you know your your grandchildren your great-grandchildren now
1: here's how i think this would be used what it would if celebrities uh pay to have companies do this for them and then you could rent you know talking to the rock or whoever you know, hey, do you want cooking lessons? Would you like to talk to you know <laughs> what's that guy's name? Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the the dude in the restaurant, Emerald. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever, Emerald, whoever. Right
2: or the or, guy with the mullet, yeah, Gordon Ramsay. Gordon yeah, Ramsay. there you
1: go. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, I could see that. Oh, you can sure.
2: monetize that. for That's
1: sure. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like oh, you want personal training from Adam Schaefer? You know, it's really you. Like ah, you know, you suck. You know, yeah, you know, your butt needs to get bigger or whatever. I think Some it's a say. family
3: <laughs> thing more, more so <laughs> than anything. I, I think it's like the future of how you'll it like how you think of think of it too. If it was something like a funeral home started to offer something like this where um, imagine this uh, a 1 hour, 2 hour, 5 hour whatever you want to think about real of Justin. Justin dies, you know, 50 years from now or whatever and you go to his funeral home and it's a digital screen that I can click on and I can watch you know Justin's favorite moments Justin sports Justin family just, and and are Justin's deepest that's secrets
1: awkward. yeah oh
2: my yeah, gosh yeah. no yeah. i mean
3: i mean don't you think that would Even be those rad? pictures
2: in the shower yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: think of think of a family member that's passed for one of you guys you don't think that would be so
2: cool to be
1: able to go and like i don't know man it's hard to wrap my mind yeah, around that yeah it is
2: it's, it's such a new thing that it's yeah it is really hard to like uh, really visualize it super
1: weird Yeah. speaking of weird obviously we're in a weird time and conspiracy theories are just uh, I feel oh, like boy. it's prime. No, no, I don't got a new one. Well, okay. it okay, maybe, maybe I do. Ooh. So you know, it's, it's it's like conspiracy theories are flying everywhere. And Justin and I love for entertainment purposes. We love yes. to sit down and share them and talk about them. And we we kind of filter it out that way. And know? then and then I read this meme and then something dawned on me. So I'm going to read you the meme and then we, uh, we'll, I'll tell you what dawned on me. So here's what the meme says. It says. Just wait until conspiracy theorists discover they're part of a conspiracy yeah. to use conspiracy theorists to spread <laughs> disinformation. <laughs> I got
2: – somebody sent me that same meme.
1: Via conspiracy theories. Yeah. So that's, essentially what it's saying is, you know, uh, what if everybody's being manipulated by all these – and I started thinking, especially politically speaking, if you're on one side, you think that this is what's crazy and this is what's ruining the world. If you're on this side, you think – what if everybody's just being manipulated like crazy?
2: Course, yeah, I just feel like it's a big – What do you mean, uh, what if? cluster of chaos that they just like they're spreading out anything to to just get people like all over the place like you don't know where to go and to turn to for truth i mean what if to me that's dude i think you're
3: naive if you think otherwise yeah right i think you're naive if you don't there's so much money and power behind all this stuff that we're talking about to think that we're not all being manipulated and being no matter which I don't care who you subscribe to or what channel or what side you're on the political fence if you think that you're not somewhat being manipulated by the the information that you're only getting read or
2: fed I just follow money and people in power those are my two go-tos to see how the trends uh, move in in terms of world you know climate and also like what kind of policies are trying to be enacted well I just live by that, that that
3: old saying the, you know, believe uh, half of what you see and nothing that you hear. Mm. You know, so it's just like I need to see it with my own eyes yeah. first of all, and then even then I'm going to question it. You know, if it's even reality or true, especially if I see it on fucking social media, then it's already fallen in the probably not real. And if I hear it, I don't believe it until I see it. You it's know?
1: just it's yeah. just crazy to me. It's uh, and of course it makes sense. You know, if you're on if you're running one side, you would want people to believe one type of conspiracy theory mm-hmm. or series of theories to discredit the other side and side and maybe create fear. And the same thing happens for the other side. Don't think for a second we're not doing that.
2: I just feel it stems back to getting people separated. I mean, like it's a very effective tactic uh, to spread misinformation to just get people like completely uh, consumed by their own bias, so they won't even listen to other conversations or change their mind or unify and collectively unite, so that way that actually moves in the right direction. The more separated you can keep everybody, the worse off we're all going to
1: yeah, be. Yeah, you know, you know what the antidote to that is is to be present
2: and then just talk
1: to the people around you yeah. and connect with real people in front of you and you'll find a
2: totally their- different experience oh. and I'm sure you guys just go to, like I've everybody's so nice like in person <laughs> yeah. you go know, talk to them doesn't matter what background they are well, you
3: know Brennan Shaw brought something up because he when he was talking about the whole NBA thing and professional sports and where it's going and you know one of the points that he made that I wasn't even aware of is the what percentage of people are actually on social media and he says that there's one in 50 people are only on mm-hmm. social media. And so right now a lot of the conversations that we have and a lot of the, the the things that we share or we talk about are things that we're seeing on Twitter and Instagram It just and seems Facebook. a lot
1: louder and bigger than right. it is. Right,
3: it seems yeah. so, but it's not even the majority. It's it's not even it's not it's even little eruptions. Yeah, it's not even close places. to half the majority. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's a very small percentage of the population and many of them are just loud. They're, they're yeah. loud, obnoxious, regardless of what side they're on. And, and I think taking that at face value and understanding that, well, I'm not going to get myself caught in this bullshit because you're not even a representation of fucking real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I meet real people every day. And when I talk
1: to them, they're fucking fine. And most they're people, normal. Most people are reasonable. Right. Most people want safety. They want security. They want what's best for their family. They want opportunities. That's most people. And mm-hmm. again, most people are reasonable. When you sit down... And you can talk, uh, unless they're, everybody's riled up from social media. You have normal conversations. You can have good discussions. It feels good to, to go out into the real world and be present. And, and we're not doing that as much as we, we
2: usually do because we're all at home. Right. That's the frustration is, uh, you know, that other side of it is like this whole virus thing has really put a wedge in, in that even further. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I got something for you guys. Transitioning into business talk. So
3: uh, keep an eye out for a company called Lordstown. Lordstown Motors, they're a elect right now. Like the the electric car, you know, thing and especially electric trucks is becoming super competitive, right? You oh, saw yeah. Tesla Tesla, re- Tesla revealed oh, like
1: the semi, just no, just regular no, just trucks, trucks really, yeah, pickup, pickup trucks. Truck. Uh, yeah, okay.
3: Tesla did theirs first. You know, GM and Ford's Mi- working Nicola. on theirs. Nikola or Nikola, however you say it, their theirs coming out now. This Lordstown, okay, also backed by GM. Was an old GM factory. They are they're backing them financially. This startup supposedly has the advantage to get to market before anybody else. Why? So I, just because they already had all the tools in place. Mm. So they already had everything in place. That, and their their claim to fame with a truck is the 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 way each one of the wheels, like so is electrically powered individually. So, so it has like
1: four engines? Yes, mm. exactly. It's like mm. four
3: engines built into these. So that's kind of like their claim to fame for what makes their truck special in comparison. But the real thing to watch for, I think, the fact that it's going to hit market first is is just a huge advantage in itself. Forget all the you know attributes.
1: So Tesla really, um, I mean, when when that brand came out, it destroyed uh, the, the long held belief that it was impossible to invent a brand new car brand, yeah, and compete. Uh, and and, it, and you know what? I still think it's extremely difficult. Tesla, against all odds, uh, did relatively well. I still don't think its stock is worth as much as it is it uh, I don't think it's accurate so I think it's silly that it's that expensive but still they, they defied all odds so now you have all these companies coming and entering the market that has to be one of the hardest markets to compete there's so many
2: barriers oh, yeah. there's so many you know so selling I have, I have cars a, you guys was it is it just Ford and Tesla were the only ones that didn't take a bailout something like that I don't back, know. back in the day well so a couple
3: things I one I have a theory on why Tesla is valued so high, and why it kind of makes sense, right? Do you guys remember? I forget what uh, company that was that was starting to give you breaks on your insurance because they could track your your patterns, where you move to, your speeds, all these things like that. So I think that of all the the car companies that are out there, Tesla is going to provide more uh, digital information for advertisers and things like that than any other car company. Now imagine a car that is that is that that that, that digitally ran, right? So that's on mm-hmm. a platform like that. If, you know, he can literally tell you that Justin goes to the grocery store thirteen times a month. This yeah. is the short store that he that shops out. This is where it's. This is where he's where he's at. This is what gas stations he uses. Think of the advertising power, and then you have this massive monitor inside of your
2: car. It's literally like what Mir is doing right they'll, now. They'll inside. be the first to communicate to all the different. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Tech mm-hmm. So devices Im- and imagine the, sensors
3: and things out there. Imagine when your car becomes an advertising tool sure. that is extremely accurate to your behaviors already that is extremely valuable so here, so, so that a is minority
1: that is amazing um but i'll i'll give you a little uh, competition to that so nowadays you buy a brand new car you plug your phone in boom the screen becomes your phone all of that's already in your phone, not necessarily the car. No, it doesn't really. Not like that. It can. It should. It can be. Like if I go on my, if I go on, if I plug my phone into, you know, the the uh, uh, suburban or whatever, it goes to CarPlay. CarPlay comes up. The phone has all that information. The phone then can tell me where I want to go, where I don't want to go. More people, I think. Like think about it this way: when you go and use your your dash or whatever on your car. You probably most likely stick to the phone car play and not necessarily to the the Ford or the Chevy or the Toyota. So maybe so,
3: so I could see how that becomes. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they they not have a, a way to to compete, <laughs> but you're competing with a tech company versus a, you have car companies competing with a tech company on tech stuff. So who do you think has the bigger advantage? There? Oh yeah, yeah I right. C- the I the company that, that they have the ability to change the specs on your car when something comes out. Oh, we found out that cars that with a half an inch lower on their suspension get in less accidents or deal with more shift. So all of a sudden they send that out. Tesla's cars. Oh, on the I move. know, I
1: yeah. know that part. I mean, crazy. so your updates. Are crazy. I used to yeah. train a guy that was very, very high up at Tesla, and I remember you know one day I was training him, and he goes. Oh, cool. My car just got faster. I'm like, what? Yeah. Right. They, they just updated a, something that now my car goes zero to 60 in like 0. 0.4 seconds faster. I'm like, just like that? Just like, like that. Yeah. You know, over just, the cloud. Right.
3: Yeah. Or get better gas mileage yeah, or yeah. things like that. I mean, those well, things- They electric. They, they yeah. have- a, they, Yeah, right. Sorry. They, they have better- <laughs> Or run a battery longer. You yeah, get they, my, go, my yeah, point, yeah, right? Yeah. So they have, they have the tech to be able to figure those things out, integrate it immediately- you're just you're talking about car companies competing with a tech company so I know. that to me that's why it's valued so high in comparison to like some of these car companies yeah, yeah. all right
1: mm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, take us to a different topic um, you know lately I've been changing my diet and optimizing things not for physical strength and performance but rather for mental uh, performance uh, now usually they're they're very similar right what's best for the brain is best for the body but when you're talking about maximal performance, then they can diverge a little bit. So for me, in particular, for, for brain sharpness and for performance, typically this is a ketogenic type diet. I'll do lots of fasting. Fasting, I feel sharper. I feel smarter. Both of those things are not best for muscle performance, strength, and, and, and those types of things. And so you you know, I'm I'm in this position where I'm like, do I want to optimize brain performance? or muscle performance, and I think this is a good topic to talk about because there are people who push their bodies to the limit, who sometimes want to push their minds to the limit, Mm -hmm. and sometimes one means you're going to suffer with the other one. Ketogenic diet does not give me the best strength and best athletic performance, but it oftentimes does make me feel sharp, alert, um, and so does fasting. Fasting, not necessarily the best for performance. Right phenomenal for the way i think it's good to I kind of
2: recognize that going into it so you can wrap your your brain around it so that way it's like uh, you know because it is it it is going to be frustrating like going back into the gym and you realize like you know it is going to affect the performance on some level like i uh, would go through periods where i would fast a few times uh, for that month and uh you know, my my performance in the gym was a little bit different, uh, you know, versus me being in a surplus or like even being on a bulk, I could feel like a big, massive difference in terms of energy and like really, you know, uh, uh, getting the intensity factor up uh, quite a bit. But it's good to go through these periods to uh, really focus on different attributes. So I, I do like think that it's it's important. Now, is the, is the theory on that, that why you get
3: mental clarity from fasting and the ketogenic diet is because the, the- that ketones is just a cleaner burning source of energy?
1: That's the theory, and I don't know if this happens to everybody. Yeah, now, studies feels show- feels that way for me. It, yeah, so there's a lot of- uh, It feels that way for everybody I've talked to.
3: Anybody yeah. that I know that Same have ran, ran the diet, whether you're, you're pro it for losing weight, building muscle, or if you're using it for those reasons, the people that are- using it to pay attention to mental clarity and sharpness. Almost everybody, I, t- I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who says they don't notice that.
1: Yeah, so the study, studies show that ketones really benefit people with uh, cognitive issues, cognitive decline. So when you have somebody who has uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, have them go on a ketogenic diet or supplement with exogenous ketones, they notice improvements in in mental performance. When you're talking about healthy people, the studies are mixed. I'm just speaking of my own personal experience, especially when I fast. If I fast and I do it right, especially if I go into fasting already in ketosis, I am like, even my eyesight feels sharper. It's very strange. I feel like I'm on, uh, almost like I'm on caffeine, but a different type of feeling. You now, know I mean?
2: yeah, so there's a, a few different, obviously, there's the medical ketogenic uh, diet. Like, So what would you say you're... Your macros look like, and what do your meals look like uh, for your specific uh, ketogenic diet?
1: Okay, so protein is higher than you would have on the medical yeah. uh, ketogenic diet, but not super high. I don't think I'm eating more than 120 grams yeah.
2: uh, of protein. What, what's a day. your source?
1: To you? uh, oh, yeah. So uh, grass-fed meat is, is my—that's my top source for whether I'm ketogenic or not. It digests the best. Um, I feel the best, least amount of inflammation, um, and so like so. And then here's the other part. Uh 2 or 3 days a week I do a fast for most of the day while I'm trying to focus on maximal brain, you know, cognitive, you know, that feeling of being alert type performance. So today I'm fasting, for example, excuse me. So tonight I'll go home, Jessica's already preparing some grass-fed tri-tip, so I'll have a nice you know, bit of that. I'll have some avocado with it, mm-hmm. um, and have, maybe have some nuts. So it's a lot of fat, some protein, um, and the fats that I'm getting are from the, the grass-fed meat. And then that just makes me feel, again, mentally sharp. So it's like sometimes you don't
2: I have digestion too, for sure.
1: Oh yeah. Oh well, fasting for me is great for yeah. digestion. So it's like I'm either gonna go like, okay, what, am I gonna go and, and see what my my strength performance can be? Am I gonna deadlift more than ever, or do I feel like being sharp as hell mentally? You know, doing well on the podcast, writing more content for us, that kind of stuff. Mm. And so right now I'm going in that direction. Have
3: you heard how Ben Greenfield does it? Like he gets the he how he manages to get the benefits of ketones without technically being on a ketogenic diet or fasting really, just the way he manages No, <laughs> just the way he manages his calorie intake and his carbohydrate intake and then how he exercises towards the end of the evening and then has a a, a meal that is just barely gonna fuel him and through by the time he wakes up he's you know, he's pissing like he's in ketosis. Mm. So he does he it. He goes in and out. Yeah, he goes in and out. So instead of, because I think there's benefits to that, right? If Keto it, fluid. If you are, <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new genre. <laughs> it's, oh,
1: I have uh, an opportunity yeah. for a diet. I'm diet fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good book. I like that. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. that one. So. Diet, uh. di- I don't identify with a diet. I, because, yeah.
3: Because <laughs> I, I do, I do think that there's, there's opportunity for people who, uh, and this is what, how I encourage it with family and friends that are asking questions about the benefits of fasting or the benefits of ketogenic diet is like you don't necessarily need to run these things indefinitely. You no, can, I don't
1: think that's a good idea. No. At all.
3: You you can use the you can use all what all the research and study says about ketones and how it's so beneficial and great for us. You can get into ketosis by fasting for 24 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll get in there
1: the same as you would if you decided to eat steak only for five days. Right. Yeah. Now, the big mistake is that when people do this stuff to try to lose weight, yeah. uh, that's the wrong. Now, some people do a ketogenic diet for fat loss because they find it really helps with their appetite. Okay, that's fine. But definitely don't do fasting for fat loss. That's a, that's wow. a a we, we call that starving yourself yeah. back in the day. Totally bad relationship with food. None of what I'm doing right now has anything to do with aesthetic or performance goals. Uh, what I'm trying to do with my diet and, and the occasional fasting is everything to do with uh, maximizing mental clarity and mental performance. That's why I'm sharing that uh, on the podcast. The has landed.
0: you by MAPS Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, MAPS Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. Eagle has landed. qua. First question is from CW Bousterman. If you're not able to get eight hours of sleep in a row, is it worth it to try to take a nap to make up for it?
1: Well, okay, two things. Hmm. First, you can't totally make up for lack of sleep at night with naps, but it does help a lot. Right. Okay, so it's not like you're uh, you're fixing the problem. It's not. It's not. It's it's kind of like a band aid a little bit. But you definitely do get benefits. So it's, study- like the, it's
3: like supplements to Whole Foods.
1: Yeah, it's something like you know so, what I'm saying. Like it's it's better than you not right. 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 But then you, Whole
3: Foods are the way to go. Good nights, full nights, the rest. Yeah. Is so best let's way to go.
1: let's say you get six hours of sleep and you don't nap, and you compare yourself to take getting six hours of sleep with a nap. You're going to get better health. You're going to get be more alert, less inflammation if you add the nap. But if you compare that to a full hour, eight hours of sleep at night it's not going to be as good. Now, Adam, when you had – your Max is now – I mean, he's still still a little guy, but he was just born not that long ago. Crazy how fast time flies, by the way. Um, Sleep is obviously one of the first things that is just not the best when you first have a baby. Were you finding yourself napping? Were you doing anything like that? I actually didn't nap at all, and I'm
3: actually – you're putting me on a front street here. Uh, I'm actually not a good example in this because – it was only a short while. The, the thirty days where I was home with Katrina mm-hmm. uh, was the only real thirty days that my sleep was really interrupted. Um, she's taking taking that on completely herself. So she has managed that. Once I once I read to him at night after his bath time, and and I put him down sometimes. So we go back and forth on who puts him down. But after I put him down or she puts him down, uh, the, the whole night shift, like she has managed that completely. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I'm a bad example of somebody who's like like your typical fathers who like you know talk about not getting sleep all the time. Um, but when I when I was, uh, it, you know I could I would adjust my my eating habits and then also whether how I was training based off of that. So there has been nights, so I w- hasn't I haven't been a hundred percent perfect with nights since we've had max and especially in the first 30 days. Uh, during that time, I was modifying my workout. So I was doing a lot of more like recuperative stuff. Working in, I mean, I was not training intensely when he, those those first three days because I already knew that I wasn't mm. getting great sleep. Like to go in the gym and hammer the shit out of myself too, not ideal.
1: I know they recommend to new moms uh, to like nap when the baby naps to help make up for the lack of sleep, uh, you know, at night. Um, here's the other part of naps that are awesome. Uh, forget about making up for poor sleep. It does help. Like I said, but forget that for a second. Naps on top of your good sleep that you get at night has muscle building benefits. Uh, you know, bodybuilders and strength athletes and strongmen put naps in maps.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's on fire. Yeah. Uh,
1: have, have utilized a mid afternoon nap, um, for a long time and have found they've all said that this is great for building muscle. This is great for recovery but they need to be short. You don't want to go to you and don't want to go. Are, you, I was going
2: to speak to that because I don't know if you guys have done a, a stint of a nap where it was like an hour or half hour or 10 minutes. I always prefer the 10 minute naps because then you wake up and you're a little more energized versus if I go a little bit too long, it almost ruins the rest of my day in terms of me being more drowsy. Well, yeah, or you have the counter that sometimes
3: if I get like if I were to get an hour or a 2 hour nap in the daytime, it screws up my sleep for the next night. Right, yeah. exactly. So then I, then I can't fall asleep. Exactly. At, you know, nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night, I'm wide awake till two in the morning. So sometimes I will ha- if I have a bad night's rest, I'll modify my workout, pay attention to my eating because I also notice I have cravings on that time, and then just tough it out until the evening, and then I go to bed and get a really. It's good It's only when rest. I have
2: maybe a few days where I've strung together where I've had really terrible sleep where I'll probably end up in the middle of the day just being like, "Look, I'm just like so ineffective right now. I have to just shut it down." So I, I've got this down to a science.
1: Okay, so I love t- using naps to, uh, to to reinvigorate myself and to feel better for the la- the second half of the day you know when i want to give good attention to the kids and to Jessica when i'm home from work so anything more than about 30 minutes i wake up and i feel like uh out of it maybe bad mood a little groggy if it's an hour and i wake up i'm like a zombie until it's time to go to bed so for me it's between 20 to 30 minutes and here's here's what i do here's my hack right i go home i get my headphones i don't go in a totally dark room because i don't want to go so deep in sleep That, again, I wake up like uh, half asleep. Do you do like a brain FM? 100%. I put my headphones on. I go brain FM, 20, 30 minutes. It probably takes me about five to seven minutes to fall asleep. I have no idea. All I know is is about 30 minutes later, I wake up. And I feel uh, alert. I feel good. Yeah. And it doesn't. It doesn't interfere. You're such getting that
2: RAM a lot quicker. I yeah, you're, well, su- yeah. you're such a bad example, though, dude. Yeah. You're the guy. Like this dude. Can, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We're
3: not even off, the plane. Anytime we're in a car, the plane hasn't. Yeah, plane. A car doesn't matter. This dude can sleep anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're sitting yeah. on the couch. We're all watching TV. Kids running around. Just, just, <laughs> yeah. he just falls asleep. And
2: the minute you go to mess with him, he wakes up. Yeah, like a spidey. This is a weird, like a
1: soldier. Yeah, like a weird hat. Like? Dude, listen, the brain FM, put it on 20, 30 minutes yeah, later. I need that. You sleep and you wake up and you're and you're great. Yeah. You're, you're totally good. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it takes me a little long. And again, I don't do it in a
0: totally dark room because then I get too deep in sleep and it's hard to, to wake up. Next question is from Shy G. If you find yourself having a hard time eating enough food throughout the day due to a busy life, what are some ways to implement more food beside protein powders? Do you use larger, higher-calorie meals or
1: snacks? Well, besides the larger, higher-calorie meals, which you could totally do, that's really easy, um, high-calorie snacks are, are an easy way to do this. Nuts are phenomenal for this. You know, it's funny. They talk about how nuts are healthy, and yes, they are. They are healthy, but you have no idea how fast. Most people have no idea how fast the calories add up with nuts like a a serving of almonds is like 12 you know yeah and if most people end up eating about five uh you know servings at a sitting Mm -hmm. nuts for me one of the best ways to increase uh, calories throughout the day besides protein powders protein powders is another one of my no a
3: serving size is actually more like 23 to 25 but the point is that it, it creeps up quick and i love to do that sal like i would at the end of a meal it's really easy to eat 20 almonds you know, totally. it's not, and, and then it's also an easy way to control. So I used to get those little tiny uh, uh, little sandwich bags. They're like not a sandwich bag. A sandwich wouldn't fit in them. you seen them. Have you guys it's like seen the them? Half, the snack bags. Yeah, they're little, their little yeah. snack the little bags snack that bag. only fit like a couple ounces. And then I'd weigh out them in a serving, like Sal's talking about. And that it's a would weed bag. That'd be. It looks kind of like that. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, that's something that I would do after the meals. The other thing, rice is so easy for me to take down. So. I boot, I would boost my rice. I'm eating two cups with my meat or my meal that I'm having. Now yet. is just
1: two cu- cooked two cups. Yes. Okay.
3: Yeah, which that's a lot of rice. It is. Yeah. You throw
2: some bone broth in there too sometimes. There right? you
3: go. Yeah, yeah, you could do the bone broth with it, like we talked about the protein rice. So I mean, that is something that I think is an easy thing. My body digests it quick. Here's what I have found uh when I all these times that I've had to really boost calories. The mistake that I made consistently over and over again was thinking that I need to get this calorie intake, and then I would choose these like really high calorie foods all the time, thinking that that was the best approach. And what I would find is it would fill me up, and then I'd be like three, four o'clock in the afternoon, and my goal was five thousand calories, and I'm only at two thousand, and now I've got like the back, you know, the last three hours of eating, I've got to try and get three thousand calories. It's I'm screwed. So I had to I had to get ahead of the game. I had to do it early, and eating foods that were actually not super high in fat, like my oatmeal oatmeal and fruit and nuts, like for breakfast, and and, uh, berries and strawberries like that for breakfast. Man, I was I was hungry. Uh, those
2: fruit smoothies oh, or like fruit and man, veggie smoothies. Are I was great.
3: I was hungry a half hour later and ready to eat again. So making sure that I'm eating meals that promote hunger and not fill me all up. Because sometimes you chase the calories thinking that that's what you that that's the way you need to go. And then that that calorie dense meal ends up filling you up so much that you don't you're not hungry again an hour or two hours later. Where leaner type meals. Made me keep eating. So then, when I hit midday, I had a good. I was already halfway or more than halfway through my calories, and then I had for dinner. I have the ribeye steak. You know, I eat the the foods that are a little bit higher in calorie or higher that are high that are also more satiating towards the evening to boost the calories versus doing that early in the day. I,
1: I got a I got a, a calorie hack for rice besides cooking it in bone broth, which adds protein. You ever uh, put butter in your rice after? Yeah. You it? Oh Ooh, yeah. I said I never did that. Jessica taught me that. Yeah. Put, put a butter nice, on everything. Put I yeah. know. I don't I, exactly. Uh, I'm so yeah, disappointed that's a, in myself. It's an easy way to do it. Nice big you know tablespoon of butter in your hot rice. Let it melt. Mix up. Add some salt.
0: Oh yeah. So good. Yep. Next question is from Jose M. Two seventy nine. What's your advice for someone who used to be chubby and is now scared to put on weight due to body dysmorphia? Okay, so so again, I'm
1: I'm I'm not an expert in uh, you know the psychology behind body dysmorphia. I have a lot of experience with it just through training clients, and in my experience, the most effective thing I could do as a trainer for somebody who has any type of body dysmorphia, whether it be you know I need to build more muscle, I'm too skinny, or I'm afraid to gain weight, or any of that stuff is I would take their focus off of how they looked and focus completely on performance. Mm -hmm. It was always the most effective thing that I found, again, as a trainer. So when someone would come to me and we'd have these conversations about body dysmorphia, I would say, okay, we're not gonna weigh you. We're not gonna test your body fat. Uh, I don't want you to look in the mirror to gauge your progress. All we're gonna keep track of and focus on is your reps, how much weight you can lift, how fast you can move, all your strength metrics, your your your, your work uh, load, how much more exercises we could do, your total volume, and then what ends up happening is a person moves their focus towards performance. And here's the thing: all of the all of the the behaviors that we have that are negative around body dysmorphia, it's hard to do them when you're per, when you're looking at your performance. So in other mm-hmm. words, it's it's hard to starve yourself and get stronger and improve your performance. Mm -hmm. So what it would do is it would just move their focus for long enough time to where they started to really enjoy the performance gains, and then we could sometimes go back to aesthetics, or sometimes not at all. I I can't tell you how many times I had clients with body dysmorphia that loved the performance so much that they never went back to really focus. And, And then they would notice, holy cow, I look good. Because I'm just focused on on my performance. I, I think too. I, I'm always having like the
3: and this same thing, right? So I'm like, I'm not an expert in this, but yet we've this is a very very common and like there's a wide spectrum on this on how extreme it is. And I, I'm I'm always reminding this person that you know you, the body that you're trying to build, right? This is, it's the super body, the super car that we're trying to build. And right now, I want to build the most powerful engine that I can. I care more about that before we start worrying about the aesthetics, the body, the frame of the car. Like, Let's build the most powerful engine we possibly can. And that is what we're trying to do when we're trying to build muscle. Because the more muscle that we can put on your body, the faster your metabolism is going to work, which is only going to make it that much easier for us to lean out and to build this physique that you want. So keeping them focused on the goal is to speed up our metabolism and the, and then focusing on strength, like Sal is saying, I'm communicating that over and over so many different ways to get that across to them that stop worrying about the aesthetics right now of what we we look like like the long game we're going to get there don't worry about that but we have to first lay the foundation or build the engine and that's what we're trying to accomplish by focusing on the strength adding the calories in and building muscle don't get caught up in the inches the scale on the way what even what you may look like in the mirror this is the long game that we're trying to do and that's why you've hired sure. me
1: and, and my theory around this really is yeah. you know and i've i had you know uh, i've experienced body dysmorphia personally okay and there is an obsessive component to it in terms of the the thought process where you kind of become a little obsessed with how you look. And this is what you think about all the time. And when I moved that thought process from how I looked to performance, I was still a little obsessive with my thought process, but it was in a, in a, a healthier uh, direction. Um, and, and again, Take the focus off of your body and how it looks. Um, There was a gentleman that uh, hung out with us at one of our last uh, live events, who was asking me about this, and I told him to. He was saying, "Oh, I weigh myself, you know, twice, you know, every morning um, and every night, so I know how much, you know, water weight I'm gaining, and I'm really keeping track, and I have this thing, and you know, eventually he told me he's got a little bit of body dysmorphia, and I told him, I said, take your scale, and I want you to put it in the closet and don't use it anymore. He freaked out, and I said, just Mm. trust me on this. Take the scale, put it in the closet, don't focus, don't weigh yourself at all, I'll give you a time frame because I know you're freaking out, so let's say 60 days from now, two months, you can weigh yourself again. In the meantime, I just want you to track your strength, your sets, your reps, your performance, and he came back, he emailed me, you know, uh, several times, he's like, uh, I, I'm getting stronger, I'm feeling better, I really want to weigh myself, but I'm not, I know you said not to, whatever, well anyway, at the end of 60 days, he got on the scale, and The
2: guy's body
1: improved by him not focusing on how he looked and just focusing on his
2: performance. I just think it's a healthier mentality in general. Like even if somebody's coming in to just completely focus on the Even if they don't have dysmorphia, right? Yeah, even if they don't have dysmorphia, it's just a a better way to treat yourself. And and I think we always speak to this uh, in terms of like punishing yourself by working out. Like, we got to get rid of that mentality. And that's definitely a component is viewing your body in a certain light uh, and bringing that energy into uh, working on yourself. And I really just feel that, uh, you know, focusing on strength and actual tangibles, it's way more objective. Like we got to get out of the subjective of like, I look this way, I'm holding water and this, uh, it, you know, it becomes a, a neurotic uh, obsession eventually, even if you don't realize that it is. And so I just think if if people were able to kind of shift that mentality, because you're going to get to your goal, you're going to get to your goal by focusing on strength, you will get there and you'll make our alterations. Uh, to, to make that uh, happen and to achieve that. So uh, your
0: body's going to reflect it uh, eventually. Next question is from KJSC13. I'm interested in working in the fitness field. I had planned to change careers, but I recently had a child. I'm nervous to gamble on a new career path in my current situation, but I'm very passionate about fitness. Is it possible to start it as a side hustle to safely test the waters? Or am I stuck until I grow a pair and jump in with both feet?
1: <laughs> well, so I have two thoughts on this. Uh, one, I understand your position with, with uh, having a child. You know, when we started Mind Pump, I was a, a in a different position than when I had started uh, other businesses. You know, when I opened my wellness studio, I was I think twenty three years old. Um, you know, I didn't have any kids. Um, And so the way I would do things is I would go all in because in my opinion, you don't know if something can work unless you give it your best. Mm -hmm. You know, if you give it half your best and it doesn't work, is it because it wasn't meant to be, or is it because you weren't able to give it your full attention? And so I would always give my full attention, but then I had kids, uh, you know, two children and a mortgage and all these other responsibilities. And we started Mind Pump. And it was different. It was different for me because now I was responsible for other people. And I didn't want to take such a big risk and potentially harm, you know, people that are dependent on me. And so we did kind of have to do it uh, on the side. So it is possible to test the waters as a side hustle, but you're not going to get nearly the performance you would get or nearly the the answers that you're looking for unless you jump uh, all the way in. And so I don't know what the right answer is for you. I don't know your whole financial situation. I don't know if you have savings that'll carry you for, you know, X amount of months while you're figuring things out. I don't know those things. So it's really it's a tough thing, uh, a tough decision. Now, if you're somebody and you're like in your twenties, like hey, I just you know graduated college and I don't have any kids, I'm not married, and I'm still living at my parents' house, my advice would be go all in. You have nothing to lose, go for it all the way. But because you have a child. Um, it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little more nuanced. I would still caution that person. Um, uh, I, I'm glad you shared that
3: story about you with mind pump because it's true. I mean, mind pump really did start like a side hustle. Um, it was a passion project. Um, we weren't focused on, we needed to make money at all. It was, uh, something that we all felt passionate about and, and wanted to test and see, you know, can we do this? So absolutely, you can do that. The reason why I would caution you, and I would even caution the young kid who doesn't have kids and has all no time, it's a weird fucking time for our industry. Yeah, it's it's a weird time for us. I mean, we uh, to, it's very uncertain. We we have lots of conversations uh, off mic about the direction of this company and trying to understand and figure out what exactly is going to unfold in the next. Twelve months, and what is the space going to look like? I mean, we—they're already doing surveys on people that are saying that you know, twenty-five plus percent of them will never return to a gym. That's a big chunk of people. So the landscape is definitely changing. It's—it's it's changed in uh, our two decades that we've been involved in it. I mean, we look at us now. We were brick and mortar, you know, owning either facilities or managing and running them, and. All one-on-one with clients, like we don't do any of that anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's 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 definitely evolved in our time, and I think we are in the middle of it evolving again. And so I I caution anybody who is thinking about moving into this space without really thinking about like where and how you how you want. I I do think uh, and following. I think there's value in this. Like I, I get asked this by a lot of trainers that are right now that if you are not investing in uh, written content or virtual content, regardless if you want to be an in-person trainer or run a franchise studio, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, we live in this this digital virtual streaming world now. Uh, there's a ton of value in starting to uh, acquire real estate in in all these different mediums right now, regardless of what part of the space that you want to belong in, I think that is a must. I think that Mm -hmm. is something that if you're... And you can do that on the side while you're doing other things. That that to me, uh, when I think of the things that have made mind pump really successful or that why we have continued to have success. A lot of it is not the stuff that you listen to on the podcast. You listen to the podcast, you enjoy the show. You, maybe you identify with one of us. You like that. Or we present really good information. Probably Justin. That's yeah, probably yeah. Justin. That there's Love a, you guys. there's a reason of course, why you keep tuning into the podcast, but the podcast is, is just one part of this business the the other stuff that we don't talk about is the amount of of work that goes into all the digital assets that we have all the written content that's out there that's really what that's the that's the engine of this this beast and so those are things that you you definitely should invest your time in if
2: you're considering going in this but you know proceed with caution because it's a weird time, even for us. I know. I mean, I really didn't have like anywhere to go with this question, based off of what you just described. It's so strange the landscape now, and it's it's ever changing. Uh, and to see how companies right now are trying to pivot and adjust, and like every gym has to have an online component now. That is like a new standard that didn't exist before all this. And so it's not the same old formula isn't going to apply. Like I just go to a gym, I'm going to learn, I'm going to get all these clients, like that whole thing. You have to just kind of reassess like what that's going to look like. And I do think though, there's obviously there's going to be uh, space for all this and like a, an opportunity in the health and fitness space. is just going to look a bit different. So maybe being patient to see what kind of those opportunities pop up. Like if it's for a tech company that's now promoting uh, you, you, you know, virtual trainers and they provide a platform for you to speak and start acquiring clients virtually, uh, that might make sense. uh, And they might be able to sort of like provide a turnkey option for that. Really the best thing for you to do right now is to Get educated as much as possible. Uh, you know, try to do these online certifications like a CPPS or like one of these that, uh, you know, we definitely put, uh, I mean, we, we we definitely like love what they're doing with that, uh, you know, FRC, something like that. Just just try to kind of really understand the environment uh, you're dealing with right now.
1: Yeah, it's, um, but I will say this, look, uh, the de- although the fitness landscape is changing, the demand for help, in health and fitness, it's not going to go away. Is growing. Um, I just read something this morning. No, it's
2: just how it's delivered,
1: right? And I just read this morning: twelve percent of Americans. And this is based off of blood tests. Uh, you know, looking at blood markers and waist circumference. Okay, so based off those numbers, they estimate that about twelve percent of Americans have good metabolic health. Twelve mm, wow. percent. So That's that leaves eighty-eight percent of the country um, is in dire need of a fitness professional's services, a good fitness professional services. Here's the other thing that I noticed as a trainer, right? Uh, when I, towards the end of my career, after I'd been training people for a long time, you know, my my personal training rates back then were, you know, anywhere between 80 to $120 an hour. So it wasn't cheap, right? People would hire me and then they'd pay me every month for years, okay? I'm talking... You know some clients I had for 15 years paying me this you know eighty five a hundred dollars an hour rate. Now these are smart people, these are successful people. They always found so much value in what I was able to provide to them that I probably became one of the largest expenses in their life aside from their mortgage. Think about that for a second. That's the power that fitness and health can provide people when delivered properly. So, and I'm going to talk about the current landscape and a lot of this is going to be my prediction because it's still up in the air, but I predict the at-home workout market and the virtual fitness market is only going to, it was already exploding, it's going to continue to explode. I don't think the demand is going to go down at all. I think we're going to see an increased demand for virtual fitness or for fitness for children as schools continue to be, you know, out of service. absolutely. And as they start to reduce their funds for PE and physical fitness, and now we're starting to see children being affected by poor health. More and more parents are pulling their funds together. I know this. I was just in a phone call yep. uh, last night with a group of parents, mm-hmm. and we're talking about what we're going to do with our kids because California schools aren't in. And I'm like, Hey, do you guys? Would you guys like a fitness component yeah. for physical the physical education? Yeah, and they're like, Absolutely. Do you know any good trainers? We would love to pull our money together and pay them. Right. So you got five parents willing to pay a trainer. You know, hundred dollars an hour to take their kids through I love some kind the, of a I love workout that space. Right now, oh, it's amazing. So, and you look—you just had a child. I guarantee you, I know this already. I already know this before, and probably still now. But I knew trainers, moms who just had babies who then service the new mom. Uh, Market in fitness, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they would all take their babies together and meet at the park or whatever, and do stroller workouts. Yes, strides. Yeah, yeah, huge. So this market, we're saying caution because pay attention, watch, you know, try and be smart about it. But this fitness and health is not going anywhere. The demand is only growing, and if you look at the health of the modern world and how it's declining. Uh, Western medicine has no answers. All of the answers lie in the fitness and health space. We are the ones that hold the answers to the chronic health problems that are plaguing us today. It's not the doctors. It's not the hospitals. There's no drugs. There's no medicines. You need to build a resilient body. That's it. Right there. 100%. Look, Mind Pump is recorded on video as well as audio. Come check us out on YouTube, Mind Pump Podcast. You can also find us all on Instagram, including Doug. You can find Doug at Mind Pump Doug. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin, me at Mind Pump Sal, and Adam at Mind Pump Adam.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30